Now that everybody can hear me, I'm sorry about that. I was just saying that as, as I was prepare, preparing the message, I believe that, that uh, this message is just as much for me as it is for, for anyone else. And I always try to find things that I feel like the Lord is working on in my life. Um, because if he's working on in me, maybe it can be a, of a benefit to you as well. As I was talking to my, my dad last night about what I was preaching, I kind of gave him a little bit of a rundown. And uh, he didn't say, no, that was a terrible idea. So I feel like, okay, maybe we can work with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he said, did you read the quiet time for, uh, uh, for that morning? And uh, I had kind of glossed over it, but I didn't like read it in detail. And so I was like, okay, I'll go back and uh, read that and see if it applies. And by golly, if it doesn't apply. So we have the scripture readings this week where we uh, basically just ran right through the book of Ephesians. Especially if you're following the one with the slide that was up on the, uh, up there. Then you covered like all but maybe what, one or two chapters of Ephesians this week. Okay? You get to Ephesians 5 and what's that all about? How a Christian person should be living. Okay? Once again, focus. What you should be focused on. The example you should be following. Then I talk to my dad. And then he points out that this, uh, this devotional also has to deal with making sure that we are conforming to who? Christ, not to the world. You see how it all just kind of, it just all fits together? And so I just feel like the Lord was laying it on my heart that this is, this is something I need to work on. And I want to make sure that I'm conforming to his image and not the image of, this, uh, image of the world. Um, I liked how in the quiet time, uh, this is October 7th, of course, this is the Billy Graham devotional. I don't know if uh, some of you, if everybody's doing it, uh, but, uh, but we're working through it. And I thought it was interesting how, how he lays out that the world is very good at portraying these images of things that they want you to conform to. So he gives the, uh, he gives the, the idea of the ad that men of distinction will, will use. These, of course, tobacco ads. He gives, these ads give the distinction that these uh, men, of, men of distinction, men of whatever you want to call it, they use these certain filters, okay? They want you to conform to this so that you'll what? You'll use their things. They do the same thing with alcohol. You know, real men will drink this type of whiskey or whatnot. The world's very good at that. They, they like to work those lads in there. They like to try to create this image that they want you to conform to. And if we're not careful, if we're not truly focused on Jesus like we're supposed to, it's easy for us to have to slide into those things. Because why? They're there all the time. They're always in front of us. The world's always pushing them. And those are just a couple of examples. There's many more ways the world wants you to conform, okay? But it's just interesting to me that if we lose sight of Jesus for even just a brief moment, we can start to conform to the things of the world. And once we start to conform to the things of the world, we, we miss our target, okay? And our target is Jesus. And once we begin to miss that target, are we, are, are we going to be as useful for Christ as we need to be? I would argue and say no, okay? So we have to be careful. And then... And, of course, Billy Graham's uh, answer to that was that we need to constantly be renewing our mind. Okay? He says that, in, and he uses the Philippians 2.5 verse. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Okay? Renewing that mind. So I just wanted to add that in there because I just thought, it, like I said, it was just all kind of fitting together. And I was just like, okay, there's some things that, uh, things I need to work on. Because, like I said, it's not that I purposefully want... Let, let the world in and I start to conform to it. It's that I'm not holding the line as much as I should focused on Jesus. And if I'm not constantly focused on Jesus every second, every minute of every day, then it doesn't take very long at all. And, I'm, and I've missed my target. Okay. So the passage we're going to be looking at this morning, uh, of course, is in Hebrews. 
and we're going to be looking at uh, the verses 1 through 12. We're going to look about four or five of those verses. But I think it's interesting uh, what the author of Hebrews has to say here. And we're going to start by reading the second verse first, and then we'll jump back up to the first. So Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that they will not grow weary and lose heart. What does it say right there at the beginning of that verse? It says, Fix your eyes on who? Jesus. Okay? I think that is so key. I just love the way that's put because I just, I see that. Okay? I understand that fixing your eyes on target so much that you don't move to the right or to the left. Who, who are you fixated on? Jesus and only Jesus. Okay? And then that's where the Ephesians 5 passage comes in where it starts to lay out the things that he's expected of Christians. There's not supposed to be any coarse talk. Or foolish talk. Coarse jesting. Sexual immorality of any kind. Debauchery. I mean, the list is endless there. Why? Because those are not right for God's holy people. I mean, it's amazing to me. So, there's an example that he set for us. Jesus wants us to fix our eyes upon him. This is the example he's laid upon us. This is the way he wants us to live our life. Now, as I've said before, we're pretty good at losing our focus and moving a little bit to the right or to the left. And all of a sudden, guess what? We're not implementing those things that we should. All right? Um, I like the way that the, uh, uh, the commentaries put it. It says, what is our duty with respect to Jesus? We must look unto him. That is, we must set him continually before us as our example and our great encouragement. We must look to him for direction, for assistance, and for acceptance in all of our sufferings. We must consider him, meditate upon him, and reason with ourselves for his case to our own. I just thought that was good. That gives a pretty good picture of the need that we have for Jesus. Everything needs to come from Jesus. Our acceptance needs to come from Jesus. Do we need the world to do do we need the acceptance from the world? Absolutely not. The only person whose acceptance should matter is who? Jesus Christ. And I just thought that was great. I just like the way the commentary put that. Um, and once again, these are these are concepts that are kind of easy for me. Um, I don't know if some of you know, some of you do, I know because I've talked to you. But next weekend, hunting season opens, okay, at least for modern, modern firearm, all right? Now, for some of you, you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. I personally, I think it should be a national holiday, okay? That's just my own personal, okay? Um, but it's coming up. And now, granted, I did not choose to do modern firearm this arm, I, or modern firearm this year. I decided to go a different route. Uh, I decided to go with archery, which I'll explain that a little bit, in a little bit more in detail. But it doesn't matter which which direction you're going, when you're getting ready for hunting season, it doesn't matter if you're using a modern firearm, muzzleloader, or archery, you have to do some what? Practice, okay? I would highly recommend not going out and trying to, trying to hunt if you haven't practiced a little bit before, okay? One, it could be detrimental to you, and then also to these poor animals, too, as well, okay? So, practice is big, all right? So, like I said, this year, what did, I, uh, what did I decide to do? I decided to pick up this hobby of archery. Now, the thing I like about archery, 
for one is the ammo is reusable. Okay? So that's not costing me every time I shoot. All right? I can go and get my arrows out of the target, and I can shoot them again. Now, the downside is, is, is that until you get your muscles built up, you can only shoot about five, six, eight times. Okay? And then your arm's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, and then the longer you shoot, the more you shoot, the wider your group gets. You know what I'm saying? You start out here, and then all of a sudden you're here, and it's like, okay, I'm tired. I need to take a break. So archery is one of those things that, that, that I've, uh, I've enjoyed uh, getting into. And it's, just, and it's interesting. I'm an object lesson guy, so I like to bring things that, that prove my point. Okay? Um, I use an oboe. There's, there's nothing, nothing super, super special about that. But it does a trick. Okay? And then, you know, I have my different, different types of arrows. You know, it's, it's amazing what is all involved in making sure to make a decent shot. I mean, as you get into it, you realize that there are different weights, lengths, and arrows that make a huge difference. And did you know that if you use different arrows and different weights, guess what? Your shot's going to be different. Wind makes a difference. Okay? If you don't have your, your sight set right, it makes a difference. So I have a target set up in my backyard. And, and I've been going out there at least, at least two or three times a week just trying to build up uh, my muscles. Um, I've got about a 50-pound uh, draw on that one, so I've got to be able to and hold back about 50 pounds. Doesn't sound like much, but as you're sitting there going, you know, it, 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 gets, it gets a little tight. But all of that to say, there's a target out there in my backyard. Okay, my goal is I want a group about like this. Okay, now there are people who can do a lot better than that. Okay, but this is just what I'm trying to get. All right, and I'm telling you that when I draw that bow back, I have that arrow set, I am focused on that target. There is nothing else that matters at that particular moment. Okay. I am singularly focused on the target. And not just on the target, but at one little spot on the target. And my goal is, is that I want to try to put every arrow I have in that little spot. Okay? So I understand what it means to have this focus that he's talking about. Fixing your eyes upon Jesus. When my eyes are fixed upon that target, nothing else matters. You can talk to me, I'm not listening. Okay? For those brief 30 seconds, all I'm concerned about is putting that arrow right where I want it. Okay? I understand this concept he's talking about in Hebrews. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Nothing else matters. Okay? Now, I hope that that, uh, that connects with you in some way. I know you guys probably aren't archery people. I understand that. But to me, it just makes sense. This fixing your eyes upon Jesus. This not turning to the right or to the left. Because same thing. If you're, if you're drawn back and you move a little bit to one side, guess what? You're going to miss your spot. If you're drawn to the other side, same thing, you're going to miss your spot. It's all about fixating on that target right where you want to go. And where do we want to go as Christians? Jesus. Jesus is it. He's our target. He's our focus. I like the way that this uh, illustration was uh, in the Daily Bread. It's an older illustration. It's August 9th, 1990. But it said, Carol Mayhall tells of a woman who went, on a uh, went to a diet center to lose weight. The director took her to a full-length mirror. And on it, he outlined a figure and told her, this is what I want you to be like at the end of the program. Personally, I think that's pretty harsh, but, I, but, I, but I'm following along, okay? Days of intense dieting and exercise followed. And then every week, the woman would stand in front of the mirror discouraged because her bulging outline didn't fit the director's ideal. But she kept at it. And finally, one day, she conformed to the longed-for image. Isn't that beautiful, the way that that pictures? Isn't that Jesus? 
Isn't, is, isn't, is, is that the way it is for us? The outline is Jesus. This is what we're going for. Now, we have to understand also that that is a tough mold to fill. And we'll probably never will until after we get to heaven. Why? Because Jesus lived a perfect life. We can't do that. We're going to sin. That's, that's just the way it is. Okay? The sin nature gets in there, and we're going to make mistakes. But as long as we're trying, we're working for it, trying to conform to that example that Jesus set for us, we're going to get close to it. Okay? I just love the way it pictures that. Jesus, I can see it. See it? Okay, that's what I'm going for. So, fix your eyes upon Jesus. And I, and I guarantee you that if Jesus is all you're fixated on, if he's all you're doing, if he's all you're, you're uh, spending time with, it's going to rub off on you. Okay? Isn't it amazing how if you hang out with angry people, what happens? I become angry. If I hang out with lazy people, what happens? I start to become lazy. If I'm going to hang out with Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to become more like Jesus, which to me sounds pretty good, right? And how do I hang out with Jesus? Through prayer and reading the Bible, okay? Right here. This is how I get to know Jesus. So anyway, spend time with Jesus. Fixate your eyes on Jesus and do and see him as your target. Now, Hebrews continues. And like I said, we're going to jump back up to the first verse now. Because it's not just enough to fix your eyes upon Jesus. We have to get rid of some things as well. All right. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. Okay. And I like how in, in many of these, especially in the Bible, they, they liken it to the Olympic racers and runners and people that were in Olympic games. Why? Because those guys didn't want to have any extra weight on them. They're trying to win a race. So they're running as hard as they can. They don't want anything to hinder them. Isn't that the same thing for us when we're in this Christian course, this Christian walk? We're supposed to what? Get rid of all those things that would hinder us. And what are those things that hinder us? It's those sins in our life. Okay? If those sins are in our life and they're tripping us up, are we as going to be as effective as we want to be for Christ? No. Are we going to be able to attain that example that Jesus said for us? Absolutely not. Okay? Those obstacles, those hindrances are going to slow us down. They're going to cause us not to be able to reach that goal that we want. Okay? So Hebrews is encouraging us to what? To put those, to put those away. To get rid of those obstacles. To work with those sins in your life. To get rid of them. And I like how the commentary puts it. It says that just, uh, he says that, that everyone is different as well. So what may be impeding me may not be impeding you. Okay? Maybe it's greed that's got me tripped up. Okay? It could be something else in you. Okay? But everybody's got something that's probably tripping them up. Now, the goal is, is that we want to isolate those, find those, and get rid of those strongholds in our life so that we can continue to focus on Jesus and complete the course that he set out for us. Okay? All right. So, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Get rid of the obstacles. I mean, I could go right back to my archery illustration. If there's a whole bunch of obstacles in the way of my target, guess what? I'm not going to be able to hit my target. Okay? And with archery, it's even more imperative because if there's even a freaking leaf in the way, you hit that leaf, what's going to happen? That could mess up an arrow like you wouldn't believe. Okay? So, I understand it. you got to get rid of the obstacles. you got to focus on your target. That target is Jesus. Don't lose sight of that. Get rid of the things in your life that need to be get rid of so that they won't hamper your focus on him. And last, and this is not the very fun part. Okay? As you continue reading in this Hebrew passage, it's got this great big headline. 
And it says, God disciplines his children. Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't like discipline. All right? I don't. Okay, I don't want to be disciplined. Usually discipline is uncomfortable. And sometimes can be painful. Okay? So, but what it says here, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of, of shedding your blood, and you have completely forgotten his word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Okay? We'll talk about that in just a minute, because I understand that concept as well. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Okay? Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children, for what children are not disciplined by their fathers? If you are not disciplined and not everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. Okay? So, what is Hebrews telling us there? That if we are one of his children, and we're focused on Jesus the way it is, but we're not quite getting there, what's going to happen? There's going to be some discipline. Okay? Now, I understand that because I had a father. Okay? I had an earthly father. I understand what discipline and training means. Okay. Now, did he do it because he just wanted to? Absolutely not. And to train me and teach me to be a better person. Teach me those life skills that I needed to be able to survive in this world. Doesn't God do the same thing? Okay. He wants to train you. He wants to discipline you so that we can conform to that example that he set before us. And if we continue to let those hindrances, those sins in our lives, what's going to happen? The discipline is going to be worse, okay? He wants to get rid of those. He's trying to purify you, okay? He's trying to make you more like him, which is the goal of what we're going for, okay? So discipline will come. Training will come. So back to my archery illustration. Because I have found a, a love and a joy for archery, guess who else has in my family? My two boys, okay? Now, you can't just give them a bow and a couple of arrows and say, go have fun, Okay? No, for one, they're boys, and it's like, okay, so now we can play tag with them. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not how it works. Okay, so what did I have to do? I had to do some training and some discipline with them to make sure that they were safe with what they were doing so they didn't hurt somebody. I had to train them to make sure that they always pointed them down range. I had to make sure that when somebody's shooting, you're step back. So in case there's an accident with the bow, nobody gets hurt. The list was endless. And it's fun now because once we got through the discipline and the training aspect of it, guess what? The boys know what they're supposed to do. They'll stand up there. They'll shoot their four shots, step out of the way, and let the next brother go. It's phenomenal, and it's a lot of fun. Jesus is trying to, Jesus and, uh, Jesus is trying to get there with us. Okay? He's training, and he's disciplining us so that we can enjoy the benefits of what he has for us. Okay? Now, sometimes it takes a while because I'm kind of stubborn, you know, if you know what I mean. And sometimes I'm not always those hindrances and those sins in my life. Okay? And sometimes I feel like God's got to use something a little bigger than a ruler. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have to use a two-by-four to, to, to make me listen. Okay? But we, have to, but we have to understand that when that discipline comes, that he's doing it for us, it's not because he hates us, not because he doesn't love us, but what's he trying to do? He's trying to make us more like him. He's trying to make us those Christian people that we need to be. Okay? So it's all about focus. So let's put, all, let's put the three things together. 
And I love the way that uh, this quote from Tom, from Tom Laundry. it said, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. I thought that was pretty good. Now, the only difference is you have to be willing to let God do that discipline in your life. He's not going to force it. Okay? It's a choice you have to make to let him into your life, to let him try to, to let him conform you to the image that he has set before you. Does that make sense? He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to force you to do these things. Okay? But if you're willing to follow him, accept him as your savior, focus on Jesus, then he can begin the process of molding and making you. Okay? So let's bring it all together. And like I said, it was just an encouragement to me and it was convicting to me because, like I said, I feel like I have lost my focus a little bit. So there's a few things that I've decided I'm going to start doing this week. Uh, I'm going to start to go back to some of my uh, scripture saturation stuff. I want to read Ephesians 5 nearly every day. That's my goal. I want to read that one every day. Because every time I read that, I realize how short I'm really falling. Okay? And I want to make sure that I'm living the Christian life that he wants for me. I want to be beneficial to him. I want to be beneficial to people around me. I want people to see a difference in my own life. Okay? And if I'm not living my life any different than anybody else, guess what? I'm not being the witness I need to be. Okay? And I'm telling you right now, I tell the line sometimes. You know? There's a little bit of difference, but not like there should be. So there's a few things from Ephesians 5 that I'm going to work on. And I'm going to read that passage on a daily basis just to remind myself what I'm focused upon. Okay? I want to be an imitator of Christ. Okay? Imitator of Christ. I love the way that I believe it's the new, the new English translation puts it. Be imitators of Christ. I want to imitate Christ. That's it. That's my goal. And then hopefully when I get to the end, I'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay? That's what I'm working for. So, it was convicting to me, gave me something that I'm going to work on. I'm going to re-examine what I'm doing, refocus my life so I'm not looking to the right or the left, focus totally on Jesus. If there's any of those sins in my life that I need to get rid of, which I know there are, I'm going to start the process of getting rid of them. Okay? And hopefully, I won't be in the same predicament that the Hebrews, that the that the Hebrews were here. And I can be that example and that shining light that Christ wants me to be. Like I said, I hope that this is an encouragement to you, maybe a little bit convicting to you as well. Because like I said, we can, we can get a little bit l lazy, if you will. And when we begin to get that lazy, we start to drift one way or another. Okay? So like I said, hope was encouraging. Hope was a little bit convicting. Just whatever you do, focus your eyes upon Jesus. Get rid of the sins in your life. And be ready for his discipline. Okay? And use that discipline. And accept that discipline. And move towards that example he wants you to be. Alright? Alright. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, once again, I'm just uh, grateful for the reminder that i got to focus on you, Lord. Just like I do with my archery target, Lord, I just want to focus on you so much that I don't see anything else other than you. Lord, I want to conform to the image that you have for me. I want to be that Christian person you want me to be. I want people to see a difference in my life. And Lord, uh, I believe I can do that. I believe you can do that in me. I just have to be willing to take the first steps. So Lord, as I go this week, and I work on refocusing my life, Lord, not to look to the right or to the left, but only upon you, Lord. 
Lord, I just pray that you will help me in that process. Lord, once again, it's just an honor to be in your house today. Be with these other believers. Lord, I just pray that you will be with them as a new week starts. That whatever the trials that you have before them, Lord, whatever is before them, Lord, that you will be with them. And that you will give them the strength and the courage to accomplish anything that you have for them. Lord, we love you. And we can't wait to come back next week. In Jesus' name, amen.